really good to uh, be with you this morning and to uh, just share in that time of worship to realize that God's presence is, is always palatable when people come with a sense of expectations that God is here. I'm glad you're here, and uh, after almost falling on uh, my keister this morning and several people falling in our parking lot, I just want to say be careful. That's my pastoral concern coming out today. We're done with that. On to this message. But uh, be careful out there on the parking lot. It is slick. Today we're talking in this new message series about the good and beautiful community. Now those words may seem a little bit cheesy to us, uh, um, and, and yet it is a beautiful and real description of how God sees the church or how God wants the church to be. And so as we're talking about the church being at its best today and the next several weeks ahead, I hope you jump right in and, and you want to grow as a part of this body of Christ in making it the community that God envisions it, uh, that it already is, and more to come. I'm going to start by asking you a question based on your own experiences. Would you say the church is a good and beautiful community? Based on your life experience, how you've experienced church, how would you answer that question? Some of us may say yes. Some of us may say no. We've been wounded or we've been hurt through the church. Many of us would probably say sometimes. Sometimes. And yet it is, it is the vivid vision that God has for his church in this world. That the church is the body of Christ. That the church is his hands, his feet. And we are the, the bride of Christ. We are that body that Christ is coming back to. And for us to be without blemish, for us to be beautiful, as a bride going down the aisle, adorned for her husband, it's, it speaks about the vision that God has for the church. Now, there's one scripture I want us to look at today, only one, but, but it's a beautiful verse of scripture from 1 Peter 2.9 that really expresses for us who we are as the church of Christ. Peter writes these words in the old King James Version, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. There's a sense of dignity and royalty about us. A holy nation. Holy means to be set apart, to be different. A peculiar people. Anybody walk up and tell you you're weird? Would you take it as a compliment? You can in this context, okay? You're a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now let's look at the message. Same verse, different translation. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work. All of us are called to be priests. That is, representatives of who God is in this world. Chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him, to tell others of the night and day difference that He made for you. I love those words. You know, sometimes the church has been characterized more as a uh, 
what we're against. And uh, sometimes we, we, I think too many times, Christians have, have sometimes been, we're, we're against the culture. We're, we're against people. We come off that way. I don't think that's what we're called to be. However, I don't think we're also called to be just blending in, where we're just like the culture. No, the Scripture is calling us, God's vision for the church, is that we stand out. We stand out. We're different. We're people that when people look at us, they, they go, wow, there is something different about that individual. Or there is something different about those group of people. Or, my goodness, they sure know how to love. And this is the way the early Christians especially live their lives. There's an epistle uh, to Diagnetes that's in the Good Beautiful Community, chapter 1, on peculiar people. And I just want to read a brief portion of that to you that describes what those early Christians were like in the second century. They obeyed the prescribed laws, but in their own private lives, they, just, they transcend the laws. They show love to all men, and all men persecute them. They are misunderstood and condemned, yet by suffering death they are quickened into life. They are poor, yet making many rich, lacking all things, yet having all things in abundance. They repay curses with blessings and abuse with courtesy. For the good they do, they suffer stripes as evildoers. Now, I am not into suffering. Are you? I don't think I've got the gift of martyrdom. But there's something amazing about those early Christians. Do you know that Christianity was an illegal movement the first three centuries? And yet, a secular historian on this graphic tells us that the percentage of the world's population exploded in those first three centuries when it was illegal to claim Jesus as Lord. Only Caesar was Lord. And yet, from a thousand Christians in the year 40, in a percentage point that's a thousandth of a percent, the, the church just grew and exploded, where over half the world's population 300 years later were people who professed Jesus Christ. Why was that true? Except there was a spirit about them. There was a love about them. There was something that captured their hearts. There was passion in their lives. It was a beautiful and a good community of faith. And that's what God is calling us to in the 21st century as well. We, uh, as we begin this new series, we've commissioned Linnell Sanders to do another portrait or a painting for us. We don't pay her any money. It just sounds so official. Say we commissioned her to do this. And Linnell Sanders, one of our local artists, has depicted this snapshot, snapshots of what is going on at Schweitzer. And so in the, in the rest of this message, what I want to talk about are the peculiarities of this body of Christ, this church, in the hopes that you will find yourself and are finding yourself somewhere in this picture. We see a church where young people can grow up and, and emulate heroes in the Bible. We see a church where people can worship and praise God. We see a church where there are more baptisms and more people coming to faith in Christ. We see a prayer wall. We see people coming for food. We see an outreach center that's 
reminds us that this church is not about ourselves. It is not about us. But it is about this larger community of people. It is about who's here, but who's not here. It's about the world. It is not okay to say the church is doing fine, thank you very much, when the world is going to pot. Just check out Colorado, no pun intended. Uh, we, are, we are the church. And there is nothing more beautiful than when the people of God are coming together and loving on each other and really loving the world in the right sense, in the right sense. Now, what Linnell has done in this picture is that she's got a camera there. A picture's taking, a person's taking a picture with an old Polaroid, and I asked her, what's that about? And she said, well, it's, it's a picture of you and you and you and you and you and you. It's a picture of every one of us. We, we are all a part of this picture, and it's all a part of each of us to decide where we are in the body of Christ and building up this beautiful community of faith. How many of you watched the uh, opening ceremony of the Winter Olympics the other night? Uh, you know, it was quite an impressive show. No matter what you think of the nation of Russia, it was, it was quite fine, except they didn't get that one-fifth circle on there for a while. But what a choreography of a rich, diverse history. And I love that place where I guess it's Peter the Great. I need to brush up on my Russian history. He comes on and he arrives on the boat and he gets out of the boat and he lands on the shore of Russia. And what does he do? He takes his stake and he plucks his stake right in the ground. And I think that's a beautiful image of what I hope is true for every one of you, that you find a local church where you just put your stake in the ground and say, this is where I'm going to live out my discipleship. I love, Sam, what you said this morning about how that, you know, you're in transition, you're a college student, you may not be here forever, but this is a place where you're going to be and you're going to put yourself into this. I think everyone in today's culture is still called to a local body of Christ where you say, hey, this is where I'm going to invest myself. And if it's not here, great, that's fine. But I think there's two questions that I like to ask anyone to ask themselves when they're looking for a church, when they're deciding where to go. And the questions go together. Could this church serve and meet my family's needs? And could my gifts, my abilities, and my passion be put to use here? Now, we live in a religious, consumeristic culture where we go and we shop around to try to find out what meets my needs just like any other needs that's going on in our life. And that's okay. That's cool. I would not recommend anyone being part of a church where your needs are not being addressed, where you don't feel like you can come and you can receive something either from the teaching, either from, from the interaction with people in this community, you need to be able to receive something. That's legitimate. But right along with that, you need to be able to give something. You need to be a part of a church that has pathways and clarity about where your own talents and abilities and spiritual gifts and passion is recognized. And you get to serve out of that because that's when we come really spiritually alive. So I hope 
you're actively a person who has plunked their stake down here and say, you know, this is where I am going to live out my discipleship. This is where I'm going to receive, and this is where I'm going to give. Our mission at Schweitzer uh, is to transform lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ as we worship, grow, and serve. We believe that everyone can experience life change and can be authentically different through this congregation. And we believe that we exist also to transform others outside this church. And we believe that everyone that's a part of Schweitzer worships, grows, and serves. By that we mean unless you're sick or you've got to work or you're out of town, that you're going to come together for worship. That this is the place where the body of Christ is here and the Holy Spirit is here, and I just can't get this uh, necessarily through TV or through uh, virtual church. I need to be a part of that worship coming together with the body of Christ. There's something powerful when people come together seeking God together that this is a place to grow, that every one of us becomes a part of a group or a class, a life group, a G12 group. If you're not a part of a G12 group, there are people here that will take you right from this service. Just go upstairs and there's new groups forming today. But we think that everyone needs to be a part of an experience where you get to be real and you get to say what you think and you, you're entering some deeper conversation with other believers about the struggles as well as the good stuff in your life. And we believe that everyone, again, gets to serve. You get to find your place of ministry and serve. And if this is the kind of a church that that says, yeah, that, that seems right to me, I, inv I invite you to put yourself into it 100%. And just see what God does with you, but also how God uses you in a dynamic way to bless this community and bless other people as more people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. That's the purpose and the mission of the church. Now, as a church, we have come to realize that as the mission continues to stay the same, the vision changes. The vision is, is fluid. As it's like going down a river and the culture is changing and the needs of the community change and the makeup of what's going on in the world is changing and the vision is going to continue to change as we do the continuous mission of Jesus Christ. Last year, this was our vision. We had three primary prescriptions that we were fulfilling last year. One was the renovation of the food pantry and the outreach center. If you've never been out there, over there in that building, it is amazing the transformation is taking place from what it looked like a year ago and what it looks like today. Our goal was that this would be a place of hospitality where hundreds of people could come in for food. And thousands of people are receiving food throughout the year in the food pantry, as well as a worship center and other outreach ministries that occur in that place. We also wanted to go to create a new faith community which is called Church of the Center under the direction of Mark McNally. And Church of the Center is reaching people that we simply were not reaching right around this community, basically within a mile circumference of Schweitzer, where about 100 to 120 known adults are actively involved in that church and 30 kids in a way that is touching and expanding the kingdom of God. We, we just celebrate that and we bless 
that ministry. And we started G12 group, groups of 12, because now there's hundreds of people that were not a part of a group before, where again, you can grow deeper in your spiritual walk with God. Well, this year, we have four main prescriptions, four main goals that we lift up today is what we think is what we're called to do to bring synergy to the church and a holistic vision. And so the first prescription is renovate. Renovate is a new worship experience where the same worship band that leads 940 worship leads 11 o'clock worship over there. The sermon is the same on video. Hopefully the one I'm doing right now is going to be over there. Hi, Renovate, how you doing? Good to see you. Uh, but Renovate is different in the sense uh, there's a lot of people that like more interactiveness, more participation. And so at Renovate, you can respond to the message by tweeting statements or texting questions where there's dialogue. Holy Communion is offered every Sunday. And so we've seen nearly 100 people in each of those four weeks that Renovate has been going on that is experiencing God in a new way and yet in an old way too. So Renovate is something that I encourage every one of you to try once. Check it out, but go to the service that best fits you. We're excited to see how this ministry is growing and expanding and reaching new people for Christ. Our second prescription is discover my ministry. We've already touched on that somewhat in this service, but here it is. It's this basic idea that everyone has a personal ministry. You know, we are in different seasons of life. Some of us are retired and we've got oodles of time and we give 10, 20, 30 hours a week to the church. It's, there's some people around here that work longer than I do. Don't, they don't get paid for it either, which really puts my job in jeopardy, or at least the pay part. Uh, it's amazing. Many of us are working full-time, 50, 60 hours a week, but we believe that every one of us can find a place to serve at least one hour each month one hour a month. And so Discover My Ministry is a way in which you take your spiritual gifts, your abilities, your passion, your personality, and a coach from Switzer that's trained sits down with you in just one hour session, and you learn what those gifts are, and you find your place of ministry in the body of Christ. We have 900 different individuals who are serving at least once a month in this congregation right now in some ministry. That's, that's just fantastic. We want, if you have not yet found your place to serve, you're going to find that way through Discover My Ministry or coming to the serving community in a couple of weeks. But we're going to make those pathways very clear, very vivid, where you can find your place to serve. And some of those places is, is serving right here as the church gathers together, but sometimes it's when we're out in the community blessing the community. You may want to serve in the food pantry. You may want to serve at Pittman School. Wherever you're wired, you get to come alive and serve in the body of Christ. We had over 100 leaders go through Discover My Ministry class last month in the, in the Leadership Summit, and now we are offering that to everyone in the church. The first session, the first time offered to everyone this next Sunday night. And then Transformation Hub. How many of you have been around 25 years or so at Schweitzer or longer? 25 years or more? 
so you can test me out on this. What was the church known for, would you say, 25 years ago in the community? Children? Soaring solos. Now, I think those are two nailed it. Uh, children have always been a part of the basic DNA of Schweitzer. Soaring solos was the rave in the community grapevine. 200 or more single adults gathered back there. It was a part of a pastor losing his wife through adjustment workshops. This was kind of the ministry in the community for singles. 15 years ago, what would you say was the rave at Schweitzer? What was the, a new outreach, a new thing that the church was known for? Not yet. <laughs> Good idea. Hold that thought. 1999. Grow to know. The preschool. The church expanded because the, there was a need in the community for us to be reaching new people in a need of parents. And so we were kind of one of the dynamic, one of the uh, preschools in town. Seven years ago. What did we become known for in the community grapevine? Disaster. Disaster relief. That's right, Stephanie. You think the winter of, 20, of 2014 is bad? You remember what was going seven years ago? The ice storm. And this church, through the prophetic work of Ed Hewlett, was ready to meet the needs of that ice storm where we had 150 people staying at a few nights in the gym, and there was about 100 to 75 that stayed up to two weeks. And through our own efforts in Joplin and in a lot of other areas, that was kind of the thrust of our outreach in this community. What about today? What's the signature outreach? The pantry, the food pantry, where 10, 12, 15,000 people are receiving food. What will, be, what will it be in 2020? God knows. The Transformation Hub is seeking to live into that vision, our third prescription. We have a skunk team led by Jason, Pastor Jason, and they are visiting different sites and communities where churches are doing this ministry for the working poor and the down and out. And they're studying the ways in which efforts are being made in the Springfield community as well. So that by the middle part of this year, there's going to be some more clarity about what is going to be happening through Schweitzer in the coming years for this purpose. We want people. We want to see human dignity enhanced, trusting relationships formed, and self-sufficiency increasing as people experience the kingdom of God. We, we believe people need work. We believe people that don't want simply a handout. We believe there's got to be some way of offering a hand up. And we believe that there's many, many ways that God is going to use us through this ministry of Transformation Hub. The final prescription that we lift up today is prayer. Prayer is, is the most amazing personal force in the world today. It has always been the case. This is a congregation that prays, but largely we believe 
we're just tapping into this amazing power and strength that we can have through prayer. And so we're going to be doing things to enhance your own personal prayer life as well as building the culture of prayer at Schweitzer. During Lent, we're offering House of Prayer on Monday nights in the Outreach Center at 6.30 to 7.30. You can gather every Monday night for prayer. Where you come for worship, you come to learn a teaching on prayer, but more than anything, you get to pray and practice what's being taught. We're having a prayer retreat church-wide for anyone that wants to be a part of that, adults as well as senior high youth that want to be a part of a prayer retreat in May where my wife and I will be leading an experience where you get out of Dodge, you get out of town, and you dive deep into prayer. There'll be a fall prayer series that I'm writing the, the curriculum for personally, culminating in a special weekend on prayer. Well, in your bulletin this morning, you've been provided either a tent, if you want to use it on one side, or you've been provided something to place on your refrigerator door or in your Bible, somewhere where you can see it every day. And this is what we ask, that you pray over these prescriptions and you pray the Wesleyan Covenant prayer every day. And that you find yourself in this picture. You pray and you ask God, what do you want me to do to further this congregation, to make it more of the beautiful and good community that you want to use to transform people's lives as more people become disciples and followers of Jesus Christ? You know, Facebook's been around 10 years. There's a billion of us on Facebook. You can go to the link. They've already created a Facebook movie for you. I've already been there, done that. I posted my own personal Facebook movie. And after watching it a few times, it went from cool to, well, that's kind of shallow. And I got to thinking, isn't it awful to live your life just for yourself? Wouldn't it be awful if, I mean, at the end of the day, you just discovered that you were at the center of your universe and it was all about you. What a difference to the portrait we have of a good, beautiful community where the cross is at the middle and Jesus Christ with the disciples is gathered at the table and all of us get to find our place in living this thing out to the glory of God. Now, that's how I want to live my life. And right now, I know I'm plopping my stake right down here because I want to live out my discipleship with all of you.